he's a lot funnier than he is looking. His brain is like a Rubik's Cube because you never know what he's going to say next. He is a radio legend in Cincinnati. He's fiery and he's feisty and he's a little bit frisky right now. It is Andy Furman on the program. Andy, thanks for coming on. Say it again. Say it again. I love that, really. As a matter of fact, <laughs> could you give me a copy of that? I love it. <laughs> You're going to use that on your next Fox Sports Radio show. And just to introduce... Oh, yeah. I'm going to make t-shirts out of that. Okay. Just to introduce you to Andy, he is a national host for Fox Sports Radio. He does a show with Brian No, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Sundays Eastern Time, and I am just a microscopic part of that show. You're a big part of the show because we dump on you that we need you. You're, you're what they call in the business a foil. You're a foil. You mean a human pinata? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what my nickname was in college, but I don't think I'll go into details on that. That's for, yeah, one day, one day for sure. You're also considered my radio dad. And I thought, given your Cincinnati history, given your relationship with Mick Cronin, Bruin basketball fans would love to hear from a basketball historian like yourself who has seen Mick Cronin in his element for many years with the Bearcats. So if I walked across Mick Cronin in the street right now, of course, keeping my six feet because of social distancing, Andy, what would he say to me about you? If I said, you know, you remember that furball guy, that Andy Furman? What, what about him? I would say, choice A, B, or C, A, he's the reason I moved to California. <laughs> B, he'd roll his eyes. Or C, he'd say something you can't repeat on radio. <laughs> but no, we had, a, we had a, like a love-hate relationship. I think he was amused by me. But again, you know, my job as a sports talk host in Cincinnati is a critic of his program. I really never liked his offense on his basketball teams, and he never went far. He always, like, made it one and done. You talk about one and dones as players. He was a one and done coach. Made it to the NCAA tournament and went home. Maybe he had long vacation time. I don't know. Maybe he didn't like to play anymore. Maybe he didn't like the month of March. I don't know. But he never really got past one and done. It took him a while, or at least it took some of the Cincinnati fans to get past, perhaps blaming you, which I don't think is right, and I'm on your side here, but blaming you for inciting the the fervor of that 2011 brawl that took place between Xavier and Cincinnati, which Mick Cronin was a part of. What was your small part in doing what you did which, well, like, a, according to you, it wasn't such a small part. And I tell you, <laughs> they had this game, it's the Crosstown Shootout, between Xavier and Cincinnati and to set the stage. These two schools are seven miles apart, and there's no love lost between the two of them. Matter of fact, years ago, before I even came to Cincinnati, they used to play twice a year. Now they only play once a year, rotating various one year at Cincinnati, one year at Xavier. And this year, happened to be on the radio, I was lucky enough to get one of the uh, Cincinnati ball players to come on the radio with me uh, several days before the game to hype it up. And lo and behold, we had a tremendous conversation. Then I just happened to ask him, do you think anyone from Xavier could even start on the UC team? And he looked at me, and he kind of hesitated, and he was holding his ground. And I said, come on, no one's listening, go ahead. And he said no, and he kind of dumped on him pretty good. And I was licking my chops. I loved it. Couldn't wait for the show to end. 
I got a copy of the tape, emailed that tape to the Cincinnati Enquirer newspaper, made the front page the next day, and all hell broke loose on that Saturday when they played. And they blamed it on me because at the end of the game, with Xavier, I believe Xavier was up double figures, they wouldn't take their starting team out, and there was a brawl, a couple of punches were thrown. And to Mick Cronin's credit, to his credit, he chastised his team uh, made them take off their jerseys, and they wouldn't. Be, they weren't permitted to practice in the main gym. He was really hot the way his team re- re- reacted to this, and I give him a lot of credit for that. It really do. And Xavier, to me, I'm not going to say they started it or instigated it or whatever, but to leave your players in, your starting team in, to rub salt in the wound, not such a good idea in this kind of a game. Andy Furman joins us, national host on Fox Sports Radio. You can find him on Twitter, Andy Furman on FSR, or Andy Furman FSR. Is that correct, Andy? I don't want to botch that. Andy Furman FSR. At Andy Furman FSR. FSR, That is his Twitter. He's got a gazillion followers. And you like the way you said that Mick Cronin handled himself after that little fracas between Xavier and Cincinnati. How do you think he's handled himself in his first year from, I know you're from an outside perspective now, but now that Cronin is in L.A. at UCLA, seeing what he did, because he has been harsh. He, when they were struggling, he did like some of the antics that you had seen him do, where he basically said, you guys can't wear UCLA warm-ups or any practice stuff that says UCLA on it when they were struggling, because he said, you don't deserve it. And now they turned it around. Well, he's taken that right out of the Bob Huggins playbook because Bob Huggins did that when Huggins was coach at University of Cincinnati and, and Cronin was an assistant. But that's okay because you learn from the master, and that's basically what he did. And, you know, Cronin's got a good pedigree because he worked on the bench at Louisville when Rick Pitino was the coach. So he's been in contact with a lot of great coaches. So he knows what he's doing. But you could tell when Mick Cronin gets really upset when he sticks out that lower lip. When the lower lip comes out and his cheeks turn red, you know he's hot. And he looks like, like Little Caesar. That's what he is. Little Caesar. Napoleon. That's what it is. You know, I thought he was a, a garden gnome when I first met him. Really. I mean, he looks like a jockey. He really does. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I was shocked. I was shocked that he took the UCLA job. Actually, I was shocked that they even hired him. You know, he had some success at University of Cincinnati, and they made the tournament eight, nine consecutive years, which is tremendous. Never went really far, but I didn't think his style of play would be conducive to UCLA. Moreover, I didn't think he'd have the contacts to recruit on the West Coast. That was the problem. I mean, UCLA, tremendous program, great history, and they run and gun. They have that fast break up tempo basketball, and he doesn't play that way. He plays slow down offense and real tough defense. But the Bruins, Andy, had seen Cincinnati beat them the last two times, the last couple of years when Steve Alford was the coach. You talked about some of the question marks with his recruiting, and what about how he recruits, not just who he recruits, but what is his style like? If you're getting inside the head of Mick Cronin, what kind of guys has he been able to attract? What is he looking for? And what was I would say this. Look, when you coach at the University of Cincinnati, and I hate to use the term, you're going to get the scraps. You're not going to get the blue chippers because they're going to go to Kentucky. They're going to go to Louisville. They're going to go to Duke. They're going to go to the big-time schools. So you've got to hope that you can find a gem somewhere. Years ago, Bob Huggins found a gem in Kenyon Martin. Who knew? Kenya Martin, like 13 years in the NBA, he was a tremendous player. But those guys come along maybe once in a lifetime. So you've got to get a player who could develop, uh, who's a blue chipper to be, a blue chipper to be, not a blue chipper in high school. And that's what you've got to do. And hopefully he's going to change that now because you can get blue chippers at UCLA, and you should get blue chippers at UCLA. Are you surprised, Andy, how fast he turned this around 
in one year where if they actually played the Pac-12 tournament and they did the NCAA tournament that it looks more likely than not that UCLA, even after losing to Hofstra in Cal State Fullerton. I was going to say that, you know, uh, the learning curve is unbelievable because I think these players have really bought into him because when they lost to Hofstra, I said, oh, my goodness, they're going to run them out of town on a rail. You know, you're not supposed to lose to Hofstra. I mean, those games are put on the schedule for a win, and those guys from Hofstra get a paycheck and go home. That's the way it's supposed to be. They get that guarantee. But he turned it around. They won something like seven out of the last nine down the stretch. They look real good. And I think they would have made some noise in the tournament. They really do. And I'm happy for him. I really am. I don't think it's a job he's particularly wanted. Because the year before, he was courted by UNLV as a kind of a wedge between him and the University of Cincinnati. He never really got along well with the athletic director, Mike Bone, who now, by the way, is his next-door neighbor at USC, which is ironic, really. But uh, this year, another, I guess, situation arose with contractual obligations. He wanted more money, whatever it may have been. And, again, him and Bone were at it. And UCLA came into the picture. I never thought he'd go. And I think maybe it was more of a spite move. You talk about Nick Cronin. He's a guy who played high school basketball at LaSalle High School in Cincinnati, grew up in Cincinnati, worked at the University of Cincinnati, attended University of Cincinnati, and never left. And he's a Midwest kind of guy. And now he's in a whole new environment. But it looks like he's adapting. Yeah, and it's been very open that he was not – UCLA's first or maybe second or third or, or maybe fourth pick, but it's worked out a whole lot better than a whole lot of people had envisioned for him given the turnaround that they were able to have the second half of this season. What was the first interaction you ever had with Mick? Well, I, I think it was when he was on the bench when Huggins was coach. I was very close with Bob Huggins. I used to do his coaches show on WLW radio in Cincinnati, and Nick was always there, and he, he was a, a buffer between Huggins and everybody else, and Nick was a good guy, and I, he's still a good guy, I like Nick. I mean, uh, you know, I, I keep in touch with him uh, here and there right now. now. It's difficult. He's on the West Coast. I still have his number, but still in all, he, he's basically a good guy, but like any coach, during the heat of the battle, and someone criticizes what you do or how you do it, they're going to get it in your face, and he's gotten in my face more than once, which tells me I probably was doing my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have that fiery personality, with, but that makes not you, me. No, no, not, that, but that, somebody that, else. That makes you so entertaining. That is why people gravitate towards listening to you in Cincinnati and in the United States on Fox Sports Radio. Well, you know, I say things and sometimes I step in a little poo-poo, but that's the way it is. <laughs> it's only sports. It doesn't make a difference. It's not life and death. It's not. It's not the coronavirus, right? So you know, you go on, you have some fun. I'm not here to hurt people, but I think a lot of times I say things what people think. I really do. What do you think the, the the future of college basketball, particularly the style that Mick Cronin uses, is it outdated? I don't know if it's outdated, but you see, like you said, a lot of the run-and-gun style of, of offenses. Where do you think the future of college basketball is going? Well, first of all, I hope there is a future in college basketball because let's hope this thing goes away with the virus and they play college basketball next year because I'm hearing some stories right now that there are some schools that are really canceling the fall semester. So I keep my fingers crossed, my eyes crossed, and everything else crossed that there will be college basketball. But to me, I think every coach has to be true to themselves. And I think if it works for yourself, then you keep on doing it. It's worked for Mick He's been successful the way he's been doing it over the years. Uh, am I particularly happy watching that as a fan? No. I, I like fast-break basketball. I like action. I like the running gun. I think a lot of kids like that as well. 
know, because and they'll go to a school that has that kind of an offense. And I think when he coached at the University of Cincinnati, I don't think many of those kids had a lot of opportunities or choices to go to different schools, and they were typical pink to be picked up by Cronin, and they went there, and they just adapted to the way he coached. But right now at UCLA, he may have the pick of the litter, and he should have the pick of the litter, and he yeah. could get a player to fit in his style. Man, I I feel like you're absolutely right, and people that have not had a chance to tune into Andy Furman Sunday mornings, how about his voice to wake up to in the morning? That will certainly raise your hair on your back. You will be enamored with him and his vibrant style. <laughs> it's the only way to fly, my friend, really. Andy Furman. Catch him on Fox Sports Radio Sundays, and he also fills in other days. Sundays from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time with Brian No. Those two guys are a, a shall I say, delicious uh, duo? Is that the right word? Maybe. Right. Well, I don't have enough strength to work any other day. I, I leave it all on the table on Sunday, really. Well, you're like an, you're an NFL player. That's all you are. Less is more. It really is. I mean, the people that are on every day, it's like, you know, I missed him today. I'll get him tomorrow. Like, I must hear radio. You know, I must see TV. I must hear radio. You miss me on Sunday, you got to wait six days. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, the way it is. Yeah, and, that's the way it is. and nobody prepares for a radio show as thorough as Andy Furman does. He puts together the bullet points are just so on par. <laughs> he is so – you can tell that he really puts a whole lot of study and work. like a lot of free time. That's what it is, you know? Well, what do you do in your free time other than – Reading books about 1940s Reds. Well, I, I, you know what? I, I hate to, like, you want me to really pull back the curtain and tell you? Is that what sure. you really want? Yeah. Okay. Okay, during my normal day, I wake up, you know, have a couple of beers, I'll smoke a cigar and watch porn. That's basically what I do. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well. So I pull back the curtain for you because I love you. Really, that's why I did it. Oh, man. How do I ever repay you? Well, I mean, you know, there'll be a time. You'll owe me. Yeah. You know, one day I may ask you for a favor like the Godfather yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are my radio father. So. Right. There you yeah. go. This has been fun. It really has. Is, and I thank is. you for giving me the opportunity, really. Yeah, and I'm going to promote you, and we are going to listen to you. We'll be a part of your show on Sunday. So everybody check out The Andy Firm. Maybe we could play this on Sunday. <laughs> we could play a little part of it if you want. <laughs> you're the you're the, uh, you're the the captain of the show, so I, I abide right. by your command, sir. Andy Furman on Fox Sports Radio. Follow him at Andy Furman FSR and check him out on Sundays. He is a bundle of joy and will certainly perk you up in the mornings. Andy, thank you. Thank you. This was better than the last one.